so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Ho Ho Hong Kong, I'm Andy Curtin and I'm here with my very good friend Vivek Mabubani And we have a special guest today, Belinda Esterhammer Hi, thanks for having me Yeah, good, if you guys want to catch me online, I am at Andy Curtin, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter Yeah, you can catch me at Funny Vivek with the letter M after that on Facebook and Instagram And catch me at BelindaEsterhammer.com And uh, so you have a lot of things going on, Belinda You are a co-host of Hashtag Impact you're the host of the Belinda Esterhammer show. You've just you're kicking off Fem Founded, and uh, I'm pretty excited to have you on today. So today we're going to talk about your life. You know when you moved out here. We'll talk about being a woman in Hong Kong, which something Vivek's going to chime I in on that one. I want to know more about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the challenges that women face in the workplace. Uh, yeah, and, and how to basically solve the problem of food staying in your hands. Yeah, and, <laughs> and also, you know, some of the projects that you've been working on. Cool. Um, so, when did you first come to Hong Kong, right? Like, because your, your mother's from here. I mean, the first, first time. Yeah. Five months, six months. <laughs> five, six months old. Well, I was born and raised in Austria. So, my dad's from Austria, my mom's from Hong Kong. But I think the first time she brought me here when I was under a year to show me to her family. And what do you remember of that trip? Oh my God, since then, <laughs> <laughs> since then she brought me back every year until I was 14. So you've always had a pretty strong connection with Hong Kong. Yes, but I didn't like it as a kid. Yeah. Wow, okay, okay. I mean, it's interesting that you said, you know, your mom brought you here when you were five or six months old and was like, I wanted to show you around. I'm like, wow, you're ready to go. <laughs> All right, honey, you're six months old. Let's get to work. What are you seeing? Is that, that round like or is very that... very Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting straight to work. I, I like it. I think she was more showing me off. Ah. <laughs> she always says I was a cute baby. Oh, okay, okay. Mixed that's babies. Yeah. That's also very Hong Kong. Both my kids, <laughs> and my kids are mixed, sorry. With <laughs> <laughs> a face like this, I've managed to produce good-looking children. So yeah. that's a test on me. Testimony <laughs> to that. Clearly, Andy's DNA is very weak. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So great to co-host. I really appreciate the, uh, the support that we have. So you were saying when you, when you were first here, you didn't really like Hong Kong, right? Like I had bad experience as a kid coming to Hong Kong because she brought must us have back. Must been intense, right, from Austria. Yeah, Six like months old, man. That's a tough time. <laughs> I think she's referring to okay. memories later in life. Sorry. <laughs> I think I got over that. <laughs> Therapy. No, but um, every year she brought us back in August and typhoon season. Uh, and she brought us back for like three weeks because that oh. was also when we had our school holidays. But that was basically the best time to be in Austria, in the mountains. In the yeah, in the forest. I hate winters. Not the best time to be in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah for like several best. reasons. Also, just as a kid, I only had my brother basically. Yeah, so and we were, you know, in one of these Hong Kong apartments. Oh, and she loves to shop, so she used to drag us to these, you know, local wet markets. My brother and I, we hated it. And I love it how you say your mom likes to shop, and you refer to wet markets. I was thinking like shopping yeah, malls and everything. Right. You're like, all right, Gucci go bags, no yeah. fish. Does this no. fish fit you? <laughs> she saw Hong Kong every time as an opportunity to stock up on all the things that she could not get in Austria. Yeah, 
um, wet markets, Mongkok, all the markets basically. And <laughs> her whole suitcase was full of dried fish and everything else that she brought back. And well, the good thing is you would never lose your suitcase. You know, no, everyone's like, I, that's not mine. We flew <laughs> back not mine. always with four suitcases. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not my suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, interesting experience. But yeah, as a kid, I really didn't like it. So, uh. when did you move here? Or what, what made you move here? So, 10 years ago, I did an exchange here. I Because I speak fluent Cantonese, I thought I should just give my mom's heritage another go alone without her and her shopping habits so i decided to come here um i went on an exchange here and actually i fell in love with the city i went to hku oh yeah so basically uh, all those years you've been coming you'd only seen the shopping part the wet market like yeah it turns out there's some other parts other than yeah. the wet market yeah, exactly <laughs> there's no guy screaming at you there's no ice on the floor okay no pigs on the floor yeah like that, that is what, yeah exactly. I think I the ice is the least offensive thing <laughs> yeah. i wanted yeah. to make jokes about it but i don't know what the wet markets are like here i'm just thinking of the chinese ones you where it's like one. Well, I haven't been here that long, actually. Half a year. Yeah. I, I mean, she was just six months old. She was already in Hong Kong, Andy. Think about right. it. What is this? Wet <laughs> yeah, I was Pride probably week? parading <laughs> through the wet market. Wet market Pride Week. <laughs> 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 you get multicolored meat. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Rainbow fish. Mardi Gras. Yeah. People throwing beads at you. It's like, ow. <laughs> this, this is, this is <laughs> All right, let's go out of control. So you were in Hong Kong. Kong, you exchange student, then you just saw Hong Kong from a different angle, from your own eyes, really, right? And yeah. then you just felt, okay, this city makes Realized sense to me. Great, yeah, great place. What was the one thing that kind of got your attention that you're like, wait a second, this is not as all bad? LKF. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, 2009, what, 2010? I know what Hong Kong was like back then. Yeah, that was like party 24 hours a day. Yeah, I mean, LKF, LKF was wild. It one still is. Wednesdays. Yeah, I mean, it, it still is because wow. it's it's where the riff. That comedy club that we're recording at right now? No, but not like LKF back then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That was, you that was way never different. went there. Me? No, nah, man. Yeah, <laughs> no. It was mental. <laughs> I saw pictures online. I'm like, oh, okay. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I nice. Really, it was crazy. Well, there you go. That's a good contrast, right? Wet market by day, LKF by night. You know, you've seen both spectrums. Yeah, that's... The <laughs> <laughs> that's I've seen it all. You've seen it all. The, uh, that's the booze market. Yeah. But we, we talked about, like, you know, you being mixed race as well, and you speak fluent Cantonese, which, let me just say, everyone, is, is so much fun, right? When you don't look properly Chinese and you speak Cantonese, oh, it never gets old, does it? Well, guys are gone. Andy, I'm sick gone. Tell you what's fun, not looking Chinese and not speaking Cantonese. <laughs> but then don't you get a lot of times those looks where when you do speak Cantonese and everyone's just confused, they're like, should I be upset or should I be happy that you speak it? But people probably figure they're out. They're never upset, no. But um, people are just confused. They look at me and they're like, why can't she speak? And then uh, I often hear, Wow, you can speak it really well. Yeah, and interesting. Then like, when did you move here? And I'm said, I'm like five years ago. And they say, how do you learn Cantonese like that in five years? And I'm like, no, it's go Yeah, so you have to carry around like an FAQ, right? It's the same it, yeah. questions every time. Yeah, yeah. in Mandarin, the, the you know the Hunshuar is the mixed. Babies. I don't speak Mandarin, I but don't speak ha -ha. Mandarin. Oh, oh, you are the odd <laughs> one out, Andy. But that word though, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you are, you must have a, your own version of that, like mixed. Oh, like, you mean like people in the mainland are obsessed with mixed kids? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in Cantonese, and they, it's one they either, ye. they either know that they're mixed or they think they're from Xinjiang. <laughs> yeah, because Central Asians look mixed. Oh, okay, okay. Well, fair enough. Actually, I mean, kind of makes sense. So in bit. Cantonese, the term is one hut ye, which means mixed blood kid. 
That's basically what it's, it is. I'm, it's probably the same character. Yeah, probably the same thing. All right, okay, well, th- there we go. We've established that Cantonese Mandarin. We have one Mandarin versus two Cantonese state. <laughs> Let's continue the podcast yeah, in English. Yeah, well, I'll give it a few years. And I think <laughs> yeah. Mandarin will we'll take it there, We'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so I also find that, you know, growing up over here and I'm Indian and I speak Cantonese, and usually it's that initial factor of people seeing you, you speak Cantonese, and they're very happy about it, right? But then they start asking you things, they start expecting certain things from you. You must get a lot of what that. What do with, they expect from you? From, well, as a comedian, they expect me to be funny. You know, and then I expect them to show me their ticket, and they don't, so I don't tell them any jokes, right? But then the other thing they expect is like, oh, are you married yet? That's one that I get all, all the time. Are you married yet? Why aren't you married yet? You know, what's going on? You don't like Hong Kong women? Like, get married now. Okay. So and you're like, they don't like me. Exactly. <laughs> they don't even let me say that. I'm like, but it's not me. It's their, their taste. That's the problem. I'm fine. <laughs> I have the benefit of looking really young, even though I'm in my 30s. So they look at me and they're like, I think she just goes to university. I shouldn't bother her yet with her husband. <laughs> For the record, this podcast thinks being in your early 30s is young. So <laughs> 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 we're going to keep that. Uh, Disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> 30s but a number. This is not Nickelodeon, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so, so it must be uh, for a woman as well. Like this is one of the things we want to get into. Like, yeah. what is it like? Like Vivek and I feel men. We, we have strong opinions about what it's like to be a woman in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, but maybe. You but I feel like my tone can. Experience. Yeah, I can voice it out the same way women can. So you know, being a woman in Hong Kong, tell us more about that. <laughs> What a question. What a great open like, question. How's it like not being a dude? How is it being alive? <laughs> so just to clarify, what we do on this podcast, Andy does the homework. Penises. Who needs them? Yeah, Andy does the homework. He invites the guests and I say some, something silly and somehow this is okay. By, where, by silly, he means wildly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. So do tell me. So being a woman in Hong Kong all these years, you know, you were here when you're six months old and you're still here. So what's it like? I, I moved here intentionally. So five years ago, I I lived all over Asia. I lived in the Philippines. I had a quick stint in Australia, which really bored me to death. And then I decided to feel alive again and, yeah, moved to Hong Kong. And so I moved here intentionally because it always felt a bit like unfinished business 10 years ago and decided to give it another shot. So when people ask me, especially local people, they when they realize I speak Cantonese and everything, they're like, but you're not from here, you're from Austria. Like, why did you move here? I, did you move here with your parents? Then again, I'm like, no, I moved here alone by myself. I'm an independent woman. And also I decided to live here. And they're like, but why? You don't have space here. The system is broken. I mean, I I would say that if if I did the exact same things you did, the one difference is people won't probably ask me why, right? They look at you like, I'm an independent woman. I want to do my own thing. They're like, but why? Why do you want to do your own thing? Whereas if I did it, they'd be like, okay, I don't really care. You're irrelevant to me. Why are you talking to me? I don't know you. Get away from me. You mean so? So you don't give a shit about what random people think? So uh, I don't, but a lot of people don't don't care about what I do either. So in other words, like what I'm saying is that what you talked about how when you tell people what you're doing, I'm, I moved here because I want to see build my own life and everything. And people always question like, why? Why do you want to do that? Like, why don't why, just why Hong Kong um, local people? Yeah. So you really feel that you know they don't want to live here, but they're like, if I could. A move, I would move. It's yeah, something yeah. I hear really often. Even my mom's family, they were really confused when my mom told them. They're like, we worked so hard to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's family, um, they said, why is she coming back here after her exchange? Maybe it was a conspiracy theory. Your mom brought you here, showed you only the wet markets thinking, don't ever come back. That's the point. I don't want you to like the yeah. city. This is a great city, but don't like it. Suffering she turtles. didn't even, um, so she put no effort in really making Hong Kong 
attractive to me. <laughs> she didn't even get me a Hong Kong ID when I was born. No. So I'm on I'm on a visa here. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Wow. That's hilarious. Yeah, because she I always um when I decided to move back here. That's I, the most unpatriotic thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> told me her answer is, um, how should I know that you want to live in Hong Kong when you're grown up? <laughs> yeah, give it have the option. Yeah. <laughs> God, Europeans, you're all about having 15 passports and... Yeah, your Austrian side must be thinking, well, I'll be fine. It's okay. <laughs> the mom's kind of going like wet markets. They'll be there every all the time anyway. Um, but obviously in a lot of the things that you've chosen to do, there's a big element of like, you know, supporting the female community and, and helping female creators and stuff like that. Is w- w- At what point did you feel like that was something you wanted to get really into? I think I just slipped into it through a lot of different experiences working in the tech field, working in corporate life. Uh, on my first day, for example, in Hong Kong, um, in corporate, somebody walked up to me. And because I look much younger, people always think they get away, you know, with saying things to me. So he said to me, he's like, but you look young. Um, he's, no, he said, is it your first day? I said, yes. He said, but you're pretty. Why do you work here? Why don't you just have a rich husband? Wow. I mean, in my defense, I meant it as a compliment, you know. I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was like, that sounds like Andy. And like, boom, it is. I was like, oh my goodness. I was, I was right Except on the nobody top. would say to him. Because <laughs> yeah. no, no. Andy doesn't look young and he really shouldn't be anywhere. Yeah, you, guys, you guys are great. I really enjoyed this. Uh, wow. So first day, straight up, this guy is trying to be funny or... Who knows? No, even no, offensive. no. Oh my god, in corporate, I had what so year? many. Like, I feel like, was it like 2011? 2016. 2016. Oh wow. I had other encounters in corporate here. Um, that is, hard. yeah, I, I bl- believe you, but it's hard to believe that people are still kicking around getting away with that. Oh I my god, like you would not believe how sexist corporate is. One time, uh, somebody um, said to boost um, gender. Yeah. And uh, he said, and because there were not enough women on the call, so this person said um, to my boss and me on the call, he said, oh, we need more vaginas on the call, so sort Ooh. it out. Wow. Okay, first of all, the oh. fact that there was, the the problem was there were not enough women on the call. Like, yeah, why no, do no, you no. need? I'm not sure how you think. Oh, oh, we were okay, organizing okay. a webinar back so uh, women on the team, ago. you mean? Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was like literally on the phone vaginas. call. I need, I need a few more women. You think we use the phone, but yeah, really? yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that, that's not how it's been done. No, no, no. We were not having a tea party, and he felt oh like my he wants goodness. more. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. We, wow. Okay. First of all, I hope that's not the same guy who gave you the compliment on the first day. No, or the different. A lot of joke. different people. You know, this was a guy who was based in a different office. He it's said he, it on the phone. Yeah. I I'm gonna have to go back and look through my whole set list now. You've given me new perspective on you know what's what's funny, what's not. I'm like, wait. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like just thinking about like the George Floyd thing that's going on right now. We were talking about it before. It's like s- some of my friends are can't understand, you know, why the African-American community are reacting the way they do. And, and one of my African-American friends was like, what they don't understand is like, this is a nerve that's been touched again and again throughout our life. And when you keep hitting that raw nerve, it's like maybe one individual statement in, in isolation doesn't mean that much, but it's the accumulation and, you know, if it happens once a month, that's like, over time, that's a huge volume yeah. of incidences that you've got just stacking up on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, that must be like commonplace. I mean, on average, wherever you go, I'm sure every now and then there's that one comment. Are you are you kind of like just bored of it by now? And does it, is what I'm saying resonating with you? Does that... 
Is oh, I tell people to fuck off at this point. But you know what I mean, though, right? It's I, like um, it's like you're. It's like here we go again. Like here's the yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's basically like here we go. I'm like, do you want to mansplain something to me? I'm like, what's your point? So what? I just, you know, for example, also, um, it was my birthday last week. Somebody also commented on a picture I shared. He said, um, "Oh, but you don't look your age." I also said to him, "I'm like, what's your point then?" Is it to be a compliment? Like, yeah. Yeah. As in like, are you saying me? I'm old or are you yeah, saying... I'm not I, grown up enough? Yeah. Like, are you which way? I'm not mature enough? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I look the way I look and that's my age. So exactly. I look my I age. I can't change the way I look. I yeah. don't care. Don't tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, that's already... That's the first of all, you're smart. Yeah. So I say that. That's what I uh, I <laughs> <laughs> just getting it out of there. Just getting it out of there, Rita. You guys were talking about soccer or something. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, it's fun. Yeah, but it, then, I like, think that as as a manager, like managing people, it's it's you know, especially like managing bar staff. You know, there's I want my bar staff to feel camaraderie, but then some of them, both the women and the men, don't realize. That something inappropriate's been said, and I and you have to come in and be like, yeah, okay, it's like yeah. commenting about appearance is a big thing. You're like the sandpaper, right? right? Like you know, when don't it gets a bit rough. comment about appearance. Yeah. Even like the comics, you know, sometimes I have to be like, all right, just put I yeah, put the hand so up and go. Often, um, when I was still, but people don't. It's, it's sometimes the intention isn't no, bad, but, but that doesn't mean up, it's not a problem. But no, but when people come up to you and they say, oh, you look bloated today, or have you gained weight? You, is, are they doing that in English or in Cantonese? both i had also wow. uh, that also happens to my female expat friends well, who are white white but you know people come up to them for example i had one of them and they just okay, yeah pretty regularly walked up to her and they're like oh you didn't wash your hair today it looks so greasy <laughs> wow <laughs> i mean like i would say that <laughs> the weird thing is like after working out so much i would love to be have people come up to be like oh you look a bit plump today i'm like well i've been working out thank but you my thing is like people always say to me like oh you look so tired and i'm like i slept like a baby last night like <laughs> yeah I, this is my face yeah, yeah I am, I'm naturally <laughs> tired. Piss off. But yeah, that, and that's also that, that weird compliment you get where people kind of want to poke at you. They're saying this stuff, but they don't realize that I didn't need you to tell me this. I know. You know, like it's like coming up to me saying, oh, you look a bit hairy today. I'm like, I don't need you to be telling me that stuff. I know it and I don't care. But for Which, me to be also, honest, I, I meant it as a compliment. <laughs> Andy, yeah, yeah. Andy's trying to compliment everyone. He's the manager making sure everyone doesn't offend each other and he's the one offending everyone. Don't do Are what you I do. He's like, you look smart today. <laughs> yeah, every I day. I never say that to any <laughs> every day. idiots I work with. I get out of the lift straight up. He's like, hey, you look smart today. I'm like, Andy, what? Like, no hello first? You know, another one that's an interesting one for comedy is like, uh, hosts do this all the time is they'll introduce the guys as being funny and then the girls as being beautiful oh yeah 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 oh my god yeah and i've had people i've i've been as a manager i've had to go up to, to guys and be like you gotta stop like stop with the introduction of the appearance like if you're gonna call them funny make sure you call them there's some equality about who you're saying it's funny yeah yeah, yeah. uh and comics are always like oh really and i'm like yeah 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 it's a thing thing it's totally thing so would you say like it's actually getting tired of that the whole appearance but i was complimenting you on your appearance like well i don't need you to compliment i'm fine with it well, honestly so like I, I i as a comic you know i'm i i wouldn't say i'm overly sensitive but like this I, I pay attention to what's being said as i'm being brought on because the impression that the audience has of you in the beginning is massively impactful as to how it goes so like i hate it when people talk about things that don't relate to me as a comic mm. you know they'll be like this guy you it's know, funny 
this guy manages the bar, you know. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like that. That irrelevant. sounds like I'm not going to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Mr. Obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and number one, irrelevant. Number two, like say, yeah, Mr. Obvious. Like, okay, and what's your point? Yeah. Yeah. So then you. So what would you say to tell people that you know instead of thinking of the old like oh I better not even say anything because like I also gives a certain fear of like I'm you know I'm just not gonna say anything I don't want to offend anyone but that, like when I tell people I say look I'd rather you say something and then. I get a bit upset and I clarify with you and then you never make that mistake again. Would you say this, that's similar to something as in like, I'm giving you one chance and that's it, but don't assume that you can try with every other woman as well. I think it's not even just uh, they're trying to hit on you. I think it's a cultural thing and I think it's so deeply, you know, burned into this culture mm. of, um, of families obsessing over um, girls, over women's appearance, weight. I had an intern two years ago and she was from a local family, studies in the US. She said to me that when she turned 18, her mom said, okay, now you're allowed to date. You need to find a husband. Wow. And um, they also kept on nagging how, you know, like that she was fat, even though she's not. Things like that. It's just so ingrained in this culture to talk about appearance, but then also food because you meet Chinese families. And when you go out for dinner, they're like, setla, setla. Like, mm. you need to eat. But on the other hand, they're like, mmm, Liu Fei. Yeah. You know, it's like, what do you actually want from me? So it's that weird thing that, yeah, it's very true. It's even with a lot of Indian parties and everything where it's like, if your hand doesn't have a drink, they're like, uh, you need a drink right now. I'm like, we're, no, no, I don't want a drink. We were my, so my wife's Korean Russian, and uh, her grandparents, her, her grandfather's 93, Korean guy living in like a village outside of a village. <laughs> yeah. And we go out to there, and her brother brought his girlfriend over, and the grandfather just kept putting food on her plate. And it got <laughs> weird. Like, everyone was like, he's doing it again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and at some point, yeah, you know, his hearing's not that great. Someone's like, what do you keep putting food on a plate? He's like, <laughs> so she can make a baby. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Everyone just says they're going like, okay, that's turn away. This is guy's 93. Fair enough. Yeah, know, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I can tell you, I can understand gonna, that. You know, he's not going to be woke. There's no, <laughs> yeah. past the point of yeah. no return. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was, he's a lovable character. She, she wasn't insulted <laughs> by it. But there's that element of like, you know, He's 93 from Russia. Do you know what he lived through? Like, yeah. Like, Fair enough. He's like through famines and yeah. famines You're and eating. famines. You're eating right now. It's like, <laughs> I think that it's it's hard to put that up, like from our perspective, as young people, I'm going to say we're young people, if that's cool with 30 you 30 is the new young. Yeah. I'm <laughs> closer to 40, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, I, always, then, th I always think about like with, with, with China, Chinese people, like I would live in these houses and my neighbors would be, you know, in their 80s or stuff. And they would have these old school um, train of thought. And I'm like, man, these people lived through the great leap forward. Yeah. The cultural revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They so had periods of they've time seen stuff. where people were eating people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a joke. Like, yeah. They literally lived through that. Yeah. And I'm here like, I prefer to be referred to as Zay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's important, but I do think that, that it's... That I would say it's both I try sides. to understand, you know, how hard it is for them to understand why, you know, it's important. So I would say it's like something where you see what people are doing now and it's for you to kind of take that action to maybe change the typical course that's been happening like you know the cultural aspect the history that guy's 93 okay you know what just because my grandfather great-grandfather did it that way doesn't mean i have to do it and the world's evolving right yeah. so we also have to evolve with it I, Feels, mean, I feel like it's devolving actually <laughs> well it's changing let's put it that way yeah. <laughs> for it's the like good or pause. bad 
Yeah, it's going somewhere that it <laughs> yeah, wasn't before. Exactly, right? It's the, the wheels are turning somewhere, but who knows so, with the bus So why don't we talk about, let's talk about Femme Founded. Like, what's, how's that uh, coming along now? Is that a big focus for you? So, yeah, it just launched this week, and it's a community for females to get the nudge started because one thing, my friends, people also call me, or my clients, I'm a people pusher, so I really like to, you know, like get people uncomfortable to try out new things and to really get out of their comfort zone. So I help um, females with the branding, starting a own business, or even, you know, side hustles. It's kind of ironic that you're trying to make women uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so you're trying to you're empower like, us oh, through pain? Oh, making women uncomfortable. I do that as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I volunteer, please? That's been a big focus of my work. <laughs> yeah. Where's my commission? <laughs> So that sounds like open mic, man. I mean, like, that's exactly, you're getting getting people up here being uncomfortable in front of a crowd trying to make them laugh or you kind of empower them through a certain experience they got to go through, right? And it's for people doing anything creative? Like, what's the no, scope of it? No, not just creative. Um, so there's different programs. We started with a personal branding one. Um, yeah, so females who want to brand themselves whether they're an entrepreneur, so still working in a company or an entrepreneur. So just personal branding, is that, like, that's a career thing? Uh, you mean... Uh, I'm, you're talking about way lay person. Well, helping people. <laughs> so I run a marketing and consulting agency and I worked in the past few years with a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's a thing helping people to brand themselves I and mean, finding their voice. It's comedy... But it's a huge thing. Yeah, it's you have to brand we We're trying to sell tickets. Like yeah. it's just purely for selling tickets. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the whole branding yourself thing, I suppose it's like nowadays, in today's world, it's all the personalities, right? As yeah. in you're that person. You're not always that, you know, I have this role in this company where I'm this person now and I can be my own company, my own brand, my own service, and I can go out there and do my thing. So what you're trying to say is that you're building a platform that basically tells people, look, you want to do something different, you want to do something that's your own, then why don't you come join this? And then we'll help you out, right? Kind of the community's help of each other. Now, so with comedy as well, that's the same thing. Like, we would do showcase shows, right? We'll come up, everyone's, you know, doing A, doing B, and everyone comes in and does the set. So I would say it's kind of the same. The only difference is that we have to make the audience laugh, but you kind of have to help these people. You're trying not to make them laugh. <laughs> yeah. Take you seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I try. <laughs> <laughs> and so what, what kind of things are you starting off with now that it's launching? So we started with a personal branding program, which is going to kick off next week. So that's a four-week course where I take them from not having a presence or, or a brand, basically, to having an online brand portfolio. And, um, you know, if people ask them on the street, like, what do you do? What's your elevator pitch? They can yeah. tell you basically that why. 90 seconds done. Boom. Exactly. Like that. Wow. That is very useful. Having a 90-second pitch, 90-second set list, that's really good. Okay, go on. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or intrapreneur because even if you work in a corporate, nowadays we all have our passion projects, side hustles. So even then it's you know important to brand yourself. And also with this job market, you don't know how, yeah, whenever you're going to be without a job. So the femme element to that, is that limited to that it's women that you're focused on or is there some other element to it that would make it differ from, you know, a general, uh, you know, helping creative people? So the focus is on females. Just that they're women or is there, do you add, like, do you have any element to it that well, would be anybody, women specific? Anybody that defines themselves as a woman, let's be more appropriate. Oh, I wasn't going <laughs> yeah. for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you want to take it. No, but, um, uh, one thing I discovered when working with a lot of um, people on their own brand is that women, they often struggle more with finding 
their personal like voice and also what they stand for they you know often lack confidence so would it be like a, the pressure and expectation kind of suppressing your own voice kind of issue that you're, you're trying to deal with right exactly there are studies that show that you know men apply for a job if they fit 40 percent of the requirements for women it's 80 percent wow oh, wow yeah so women really need a nudge and that's why i come in Oh, okay, okay. So it's kind of telling the ladies, like, look, these guys are doing only 40% of the quality. I mean, they're, they're, we don't need to go that high on our standards as well. We can just go for it. And chances are, a lot of people are doubting themselves, right? Oh, my God, yeah. That's such an interesting statistic. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, exactly. It's so, a thing. Yeah, oh, big stand-up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm like, come to any show. Any. That's like the defining characteristic yeah. every the, stand-up. The next comedian. Well, let's see. Let's let him do a set for us, okay? <laughs> let's hear the set for us. They're like, you guys still think I'm funny, right? <laughs> yeah. I had, uh, on, the, on that uh, defining people as women the other day, I was talking to a trans lady and a non-trans lady. And I got up to leave and I went, all right, see you later, guys. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, my mouth got away from me. And the yeah. thing about guys is that guys is a gender neutral phrase until you immediately scream girls to correct yourself. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, you made it on now. Just but like, then it's also not just girls, right? It's more ladies than girls. True. Because ladies, girls? you all, them, yeah, they. I just, it was more just that I screamed <laughs> to yeah. correct myself. That and the, <laughs> I think the look on my face gave it away where I was just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> just started running. I'm like, why are you running? What's going on, Eddie? <laughs> it was just me we're talking to. I'm confused now. Yeah. So, okay, so the branding, that sounds really fascinating. So it's basically an introduction, uh, opening kind of thing where you brand yourself, you get to know yourself better, hopefully get empowered as well, and then take it from there. What, What else is there? That people can be involved in. Oh, so um, so that's a four-week program uh, where I also show them, you know, how to create a website within two hours. Things like that. Really, everything also on a shoestring. Um, that's um, one of the programs. Another one I'm launching this summer is how to go from an idea to a business plan. Because that's also something that a lot of people always ask me. They're like, can you meet for coffee? I have this idea. And then I dig deeper and I say, have you validated? Have you talked to people? Have you done research? Have you done a business plan? No, I don't know where to start. Google it, but I don't wow. know where, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So a little bit more guidance, right? Exactly. Oh. And after I've, one of the worst pitches I ever heard, um, telling you because you are um, part or Indian-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I'm, I'm Indian on paper. Oh my God, <laughs> your comedy special should be called Indian-ish. Indian-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Indian asterisk. <laughs> I went a hackathon um, over a weekend and one of um, the participants, she came up to me, she said, can I meet with you one of the following weeks? And I said, What's your idea? We are here all weekend together. Oh, so whenever I go back to India, she's similar like you, Indian-ish, like born and raised in Hong Kong. Yeah. And whenever I go back to India to see my family, I see, you know, people that are eating with their hands, but it's staining their hands. So I came up with this idea to have gloves for fingers. And I said, because when I was 15, I did a summer job in a factory. Oh, yeah. You mean those finger condoms? Yeah. And she said... (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, why should somebody wear them? Yeah. She said, no, 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 this is a thing. I looked up at a factory and I said, can I just ask you one question? Um, if people bother that much eating with their hands, why don't they just use cutlery? Yeah. That blew her mind. Yeah, she's like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say her idea was women's only wet markets. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, like, okay, yeah. So you're like, you can only buy food that will not stay in your hands. Okay, Is it that's already kind of like women's own? Technically, uh, there yeah. Go, there you go. Technically, right? Okay, so 
there we go. So that you kind of help them springboard different ideas. So, so they're not uh, yeah, stuck I on one road. I just want to help them, you know, to instead of pitching ideas like these that what well, I clearly haven't thought about it. Because I also talked to Indian friends about it, and I'm not, and they said, in these cultures, yeah, you it's appropriate, but also um, a lot of people outside of bigger cities, like in villages, they eat with their hands because they cannot afford cutlery. Yeah. So how should they afford finger condoms? And also think about the environment, how bad that is. Yeah, because yeah. it's probably disposable. You know, you didn't throw it away. I don't know. <laughs> and some people might actually use it in- incorrectly. They might put two finger condoms on and that doesn't work. Or <laughs> 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 put them somewhere else. Their you know? fingers get stained, right? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got a dirty hand coming in with it. It's like, you better put on finger condoms before you eat my food. <laughs> wow. You, you're not the best. I <laughs> 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 can see your brain as soon as you get on condoms. <laughs> I got a finger condom in my wallet. It's been there for too long. It's expired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and they're like, so when you say finger condom, you mean Noun noun or verb noun? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> you should sell them here. <laughs> yeah, because I've been doing that for my whole life. I have the patent what, for that. Using finger condoms. Yeah, I, I'm the I'm, I patented the verb noun. You can patent the noun noun. That's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of women, right, <laughs> finger condoms to women. Like, why do we even try? Why do we even try? I really. I came here like today. Vivek. I woke up. I said. <laughs> Be respectful. <laughs> I already offended people on WhatsApp. Let me come down here and be a professional. Jules Hannaford on the podcast. You know, Jules. Yeah, she, I listen to it. Oh, one. you listen yeah. to it. This guy said something about... <laughs> what is it? It was like, no, I was like, no. put, put, put the napkin on your put mouth. <laughs> Inhale deeply. It'll be fine. Like, you will be a sleep expert real soon. That's what it was. I remember. Yeah. yeah. And today I did the whole English language grammar. That was great. So. It's like, how, how can we violate the guest each week? That's what we're on. <laughs> um, all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Pinky condoms. <laughs> yeah. All right. Segway. Women. So, um, <laughs> so let me get this straight. So, what you were actually doing is you you kind of like a like a an audience at a comedy show giving live feedback. You know, like we'll it come up there. It sounds like your whole thing is experience that you can share with these people who really need some guidance about what they're going to do. Like fundamentally, that's it, right? Yeah. And All right, we summarized everything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Four-week program. So there, so someone starts off with that. They come to you every now and different events. They'll meet you. You'll be happy to mo- more than happy to kind of share your thoughts and ideas and like, because also it's really good to have a, a, another person's perspective. Like comedians, we'll write a joke. We're like, this is hilarious. This is great. We come to a show. The audience is like, nope. Yeah, the feedback is critical. <laughs> so yeah. I host a lot of startup boot camps where you know people can pitch the idea, then you form teams and just work around it for a whole weekend. Um, yeah, and I also do Lino workshops for accelerators and incubators all over the world. Like most random place I was was in Pakistan two years ago. Um, that's Indian-ish. <laughs> that's Indian-ish. Yeah. Oh, Andy, that's oh, dangerous. Man. That's dangerous. Sir. <laughs> it was part of India. That was more offensive than the chloroform part. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, got it. Um, yes. So it uh, brings me everywhere, and also I speak a lot around entrepreneurship and. Yeah, things like that. And yeah, I get to meet a lot of entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs. And that's basically how this whole thing started. Can you tell us a little bit about the Belinda Esterhammer show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a podcast about the art of winging it. So I just yeah wanted to have my own podcast where I just 
talk about random musings it's funny that a lot of people they ask me they're like can i be on your podcast can i be on your podcast and i'm like you clearly haven't listened to it it's a podcast about myself talking yeah. to myself yeah 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 i couldn't have you as a guest because i wouldn't be winging it then i would have to yeah, what does that. winging it mean to you what exactly does that mean so i think well apart from the tagline which sounds catchy it's basically just showing them an honest look behind the scenes of being an entrepreneur a human I talk about things like while a multi-level, why when you're in a multi-level marketing, you're not a business owner or even like imposter syndrome, you know, things like that. Because I really want to give people an honest look behind the scenes and what's going on. That's really good because like in comedy, that's something we get all the time, right? Like either you have the people who think that you're always depressed, a sad clown, or they think you're always on, you're always switched on. Like interviews and, you know, photo shoots, it's always like, oh, it's a funny pose now, you know, stuff like that. So you're showing people that, look, by day, all the stuff is happening, but the truth is there's a balance, right? I'm just another person. and look if behind you're just, the curtain kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I think that's what a lot of people miss in, in general. You see, like, this great guy, news articles about this. Wow, I want to be like that person, but I'm only this person. But then they see the side, and you're like, wait a second, I'm kind of like this person. And if this person is doing that, then why can't I do that? So that's another way to empower people with your podcast. Yeah, just last week, um, I did a... Uh, episode on why you should be your own role model so why you don't need a role model and uh, one um, dad he was messaging me he said that oh I'm this dad of this 10 year old mixed girl and if she ever needs a role model you're gonna be that person for her after hearing that episode yeah wow that like, keep up the work yeah that's a compliment yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow reverse psychology uh, works I, my compliments are, 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 are usually like hey podcast is great be less racist. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. If dad's ever email me, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm in trouble now. Yeah. I better, better, yeah. better archive that if immediately. If he's listening, it's yeah. like something good happened. Take yeah. your hands off my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because I don't want to turn 93 and start, you know, giving people food when they don't really want it. I want to know, like, what can I, as a, as a, as a man, kind of, like, be more conscious about? Right. I'm sure there's some un unconscious bias or things that, that generally people often do. Are there any like the most common issues that you've dealt with that you're like, OK, you know what, guys, chances are at How some point. How can we be better? Yeah, exactly. I was trying to trying to make it nicer where I don't kind of accept that I'm a bad guy. But yeah, how can we just be better in general? Be an ally. If you see, if you, for example, speak at events and you, for example, get invited to speak at a panel or a fireside chat and you see four males on there and you're, you know, the fourth or fifth male speaking on there ask why are there no women on there and tell people that you're only gonna speak if you know there's a balance between women and men but that also just doesn't go just into being female but also um you know like cultural diversity are there enough you know local people yeah so i think yeah be an ally and really ask questions too and i think if you see that you know somebody treats a female inappropriate or they make jokes about or comments about her appearance just say that no, that's not right. Doesn't okay. matter. Yeah. So if you see something, say something. You know, don't just sit there like, well, one day it's gonna get fixed. You know, not me. Oh, fit it's to say. not gonna get fixed until we do something or like tear the walls down. I mean, you see that with Black Lives Matter right now. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, like, I, I could totally imagine that if I'm like an, a guest on a panel discussion, I'm like, oh, why are there no women and they kick me out and replace me? I'm like, okay. That was a good move. <laughs> a good like, move. Wait, you're not a girl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Your CV says otherwise. I'm like, oop, typo. Sorry about that. Okay, so basically be more assertive, be an ally, and just kind of voice out. Yeah. Right? If you have the chance to say something. Because at some point, you're a minority in, in, in some occasion, right? And listen. I think listen also. And also, I think just treating everybody with respect, especially in Asia, 
um, like as a woman, especially if it's an Asian woman, she chances are really high that she looks younger. But in a corporate setting, you know, if you see a female, don't just assume that she's the secretary and ah. already order your coffee from her. I think it's also a mindset thing that, you know, just because you see a female in the room doesn't mean that she's, um, yeah, not on the same level as you. Interesting. Yeah. So I, you must have 29 hours in a day or something because you're also co-host of the Hashtag Impact podcast. <laughs> and uh, that's a different focus, right? So that's more talking about people who are having a social impact. Or I guess it's related yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, what has, ha, how's, so that's been a longer running project for you, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so I met Regina, I think four years ago. Regina Larco is yeah. your co-host. Yeah. And what have been the highlights of that project? Oh my God. She has so many highlights. I think, um, yeah, just, I'm so proud of her for that. The podcast is still running. I think one thing nowadays that's really hard is being consistent and you know, she and had longevity, right? Yeah. And she had, you know, so many, like, babies in between, but she still kept it up and, you know, she's still dedicating so much time to it. And, yeah, she has um, me and also um, several other co-hosts now who just help her also bring, you know, hashtag impact to some other cities. I was supposed to, you know, do some interviews also in places like Canada where I was supposed to be, like, two weeks ago before yeah. everything hit off. But, um, you know, now that I'm in Hong Kong, I help her with um, the Hong Kong part. But I think it's great that she brought people together and really um, showcased all these change makers in Hong Kong because a lot of people working for NGOs, especially if they're more the underdogs, you know, people don't really hear about them and their stories. And I think it's great that she gives them... Um, yeah, her mic, uh, basically, and they can speak. Is there anyone that stood out to you as being, like, more interesting or, or changed your perspective about, you know, what's going on in Hong Kong or, or any of the other places they did? I think one of the people that I love, I mean, he's, like, Hong Kong's darling. I think it's Jeff from hashtag, uh, from Impact Hong Kong. You're right. Oh, so Rottmeier. you guys are not related, right? Oh, Jeff Rottmeier? Yeah. So, so oh. this is Impact. They're no, doing charity Impact work. Impact HK and Hashtag Impact are not related at all. Regina started the podcast before she met Jeff. And he was in season one. And last year he was, or this year he was on um, her season when I she... I think f- I might have met that guy. You probably they, have at some events and stuff. Yeah. Like. yeah well, I've d- I, did do, I did do an Impact event of feeding... The, well, uh, there you go. Yeah, so he probably yeah. was there. Yeah, he he helps a lot of homeless, um, and that's an incredible operation. He oh, used yeah. to be, he's yeah, he's from Canada. He was an English teacher, and he came here. He lived in North Point, and you know saw the homeless situation there. Started just um, organizing these walks, handing out food, and then it became such a big thing that. Yeah, two or like three years ago, he left his job and he's doing it full time now. It's a registered charity. They have several, um, you know, they have a store also now where they sell secondhand clothes in uh, Kowloon. So it's, and they also hired 42 homeless people um, in their shops, but they also feed over 2,000 people every week. Yeah. It's phenomenal, the volume. So, so Matrey, who's one of the comedians at the club, she cooks an insane amount of food for them and they, you know, we all just went out there and handed it out and it's like, it's just crazy how many people they're getting through. Yeah. I mean, you would never expect that in Hong Kong, right? But that, that is a big issue as well. Because I know I met Jeff and we were talking and because I helped him at some other events as well, fundraisers and all that. And it was just mind blowing to look at the stats. I'm like, are you serious? This yeah. is Hong Kong? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the house prices? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. I mean, true. That doesn't go. Well, now that you put You're it that way, it does that people are homeless in <laughs> the most expensive. I mean, re- every fifth person in Hong Kong lives <laughs> below the poverty line. Yeah, I, I read that. That what was, was terrible. That I didn't hear that. Every that fifth person in Hong Kong lives under the poverty line. Damn. Yeah, yeah, it's painful, man. I mean, yeah. what I know, what I'm broke there. my heart the <laughs> 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 what broke my heart the most was the fact that there are actually people who are in these conditions in a place like Hong Kong. You know, like it's to see there were white people. <sighs> well, <laughs> yeah, but seriously, yeah, yeah, there are. And the weirdest thing I have to say is is that we're not that far apart physically. You know, it's like literally a thirty minute drive. You can go from one of the richest areas in Hong Kong to like a whole poor area where you're like, this is crazy. It used to shock me about Shanghai. I remember when I first was living in. It's the, one of the early places I lived in, there were Ferraris in the building, under, like in the car park underneath our compound. And they would come out and at the exit, there were people who didn't have bathrooms, who were showering in a bucket. Wow. Like and the car, and I, I, would, I never got a photo of it, but I just, you could see a Ferrari next to them. They'd live in like, they're right next to each other. I thought that was always a function of how quickly the city had developed. Though. Yeah, too fast. Didn't right? have a time to kind of gentrify and move not that you want not as a positive thing but i think in most places the the um you know those under the poverty line are have been pushed out to other yeah. areas it's kind of like braces right when you use it too fast it just breaks your teeth a lot versus that actually makes it beautiful at but, you do it slowly I never but it's so braces. common in asia when i lived in the philippines i was living in my skywise in the cbd oh and yeah that's next, rough you know next door at 7-eleven you had a homeless people every day sleeping there with the whole family yeah yeah it's painful yeah. i mean like i'm sure my neighbors who can see right through my window are looking at me going like this poverty yeah it's ridiculous he's right man. there yeah and i'm just they're, a look away. they're just throwing <laughs> food through the window <laughs> yeah they're like yeah my, my whole floor is a mess like this poor guy Please um, help. All right, so where can people find you online? What are they What are they looking at? BelindaEsterhammer.com. And that's got everything on there? So Everything on there, all my links, um, podcast links, everything. Well, thank you so much for coming right. on Thanks today. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs>